Hi everyone, Maria Coleman here, PwC's corporate tax reporting leader. I'm sitting here with another partner of mine, Justin Femmer. Justin, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, Maria. Uh, I'm a partner in our tax reporting and strategy practice, and good to be here. Great. So Justin and I just finished up a, a webcast in our Tax Function of the Future series, and today's topic was on tax compliance in a tax reform world or post-tax reform world. Since 2018 is the first year that we're actually dealing with all the new calculations in a compliance standpoint. So the webcast was pretty great. We talked a lot about the daunting tasks that, that's ahead of us. And so if I can summarize maybe six takeaways that I took from the webcast. One is that all the new tax reform calculations are highly integrated and oftentimes they're going to be using some new data sets. So obviously some new elements of risk there and new processes that everybody has to think through. These new tax calculations are going to be put on new forms that had to be created as a result of tax reform. And thirdly, there are expansions of a number of forms. For example, the 5471 is something that we heard as an example. Potentially in the past, it was a maximum of eight pages, and now you could get to 30 plus pages depending on what your profile is. So massive extension of a form that was already not the easiest to fill out, which is now very, very complex. Fourth, with all this work that's going on, tax software providers are struggling to keep up with the pace of change for forms and calculations. And so fully understand the situation that they're in, but as users of tax compliance software, obviously our clients and ourselves have to be very agile, knowing that the tax software providers are struggling to, to keep up. In particular, we've heard that the IRS may not be updating the XML schema to accept some of these new forms or expansions of forms like 5471s on an e-file basis. So those may have to be attached as PDFs for the 2018 tax return season, which will create additional complexities in the process and finalizing the e-file. The e so last but not least, hearing all of these considerations, clearly the 2018 compliance season is looking like a season that has heightened risk for both inaccurate tax returns getting filed as well as potentially penalties for things like 5471s. So with all of that, and not to speak of doom and gloom, Justin, I know you've been working with some clients following a methodology as to how companies might sort through all these issues that I think you found to be pretty successful. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, and I'll boil this down pretty quickly. But you know, if you think about this in four pillars, you know, the first pillar is really defining and inventorying your data sources needed for your post-reform calculation. So two concepts on that. One, think in terms of data elements versus just a list of reports that you may get. You know, what are the core data elements that I need for the calculations? Number two, don't assume that the tax data definitions equal business data definitions. So really making sure that, you know, net interest, you know, and the concept used for tax is mutually understood. And so we're talking about apples to apples. Second pillar is designing a flexible data solution. So how do I extract the data? How do I get it ready? How do I stage it, format it, validate it? Two points on this. Number one, consider deployment of self-service emerging technologies that are more flexible, dynamic, self-service ETL being a major bucket to solve the short and medium-term solution, while also identifying gaps and opportunities for long-term financial system transformation. And the second is don't skip the staging step because the requirements on the right you assume will change. If I've got my data staged and tagged and organized in a way that I'm flexible no matter what happens downstream. Third pillar, think about integrating with my models and solutions. That ranges from you know, simple Excel to the software vendors have new modules that are more powerful, robust to do calculations. And then on the higher end of the complexity spectrum, a lot of the firms like PwC have developed solutions to really handle the next level of dynamics, modeling scenarios, et cetera, that may, that may fit a certain company profile. And the last pillar is governance. Governance is, is certainly something that's important. Punchlines on this are 
don't think about bottoms-up governance, think top-down, think about what are at a conceptual level the primary roles and responsibilities in terms of sourcing data, validating the data, you know, custodian of the automation solution, ultimately down to booking the journal entry, and go through the exercise of mapping out all of the key stakeholders in the process and understanding the full landscape before diving into the weeds and trying to figure out step-by-step step what everybody does. And then the last part on governance is think about change management, not just what's the governance model today, if something changes in the business, in the law, in our financial systems, who needs to know about it and how to remediate it. And those are you know, the, the ways that I'd suggest you take an approach to get started. Great. What's really stuck out to me is flexibility, building blocks, don't try to do it all at, all at once, and governance given that we're in a fluid and changing environment. So I think that's great advice, Justin. Yeah, Thank thanks, you so much. Thanks, Maria.